What is going on, everybody? A happy Sunday to you football fans, to you Bills fans. We're back on the normal here with Icy Mikes. As always, I'm Dan Kelly. Mike Shimberski, what's up, buddy? Hey, Dan. Uh, it was uh, good to have you back, honestly. Uh, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was an interesting week without you. We did the, uh, the holiday episode uh, without you. It's, like I said, good to have you back. I appreciate that. It's good to be back as always. And, you know, it is the offseason. We're having a tough time coming up with stories. But this is Icy Mike's where the takes are stone cold. We're not going to give you no hot takes over here. That's not where you get them. If you're looking for hot takes, check out Vince Taylor. I was just on his show last week. Of course, the Built in Buffalo Network is where we are at here, Mike. And, you know, it's, it's nice just going around and, and – hanging out with the guys, seeing what they're doing, and obviously, you know, coming up with fresh content, which is hard to do right now, let's be honest. Yeah, it's a great crew that uh, they have here on Built in Buffalo. It's uh, Everyone's great, and uh, each each podcast is worth, worth a listen, for sure. Yeah, guys, every single day there's a new Buffalo Bills podcast, so if you're just checking out Icy Mikes, be sure to check out everybody else's content. Shim, first thing today, Larry Fitzgerald. You know, he's been with the Cardinals since 04. Seems like he's timeless but he has not decided whether or not to play this year. And that being said, he's a free agent. He is free to sign with any football team that he wants. Give me your thoughts on Larry Fitzgerald. I think he's in a tough position to make a decision, uh, to be honest, because if he wants to, if he still has the drive to play this season, then more power to him. Uh, it's just, I think it's the decision of making whether you want to stick with the team that you've been with for your entire career or venture out and maybe get on another team that's a contender uh, for a Super Bowl. Not that the Cardinals are a bad team uh, to be on right now. They're not. Uh, but it's, that's a decision, obviously, that's going to be very hard to make. And I think it's going to weigh on them. And it might – who knows? You might not even play at all. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, like you said, he's, he is timeless. I, he, he produces every time, every season. He's durable. Uh, it would, I think he'd be a great asset to any team that wanted to pick him up if he was willing to move on from the Cardinals. But uh, I think if he does play, he'll be back on the Cardinals and uh, for, one, for one last run. I mean, in 2020, he did have his worst season in the NFL, 54 receptions, 400 yards, only one touchdown. You know, the Cardinals kind of are planning for him to not come back based on what they have in the receiving core. You have DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, and then they drafted Rondell Moore. So I don't, I don't even know if the Cardinals would actually take him back at this point. You would think as an organization, yes. But if, if you're not going to produce and he's not fast anymore, the NFL is built on speed. It's not, you know, even other positions. If you're a linebacker nowadays and you're slow, you're not going to work out. So I don't know if Fitzgerald can even play this year. I'm a huge fan of him, but I think his time just might be up. He, it might not be the fact that he wants to be done, but I think the, the NFL might just, you know, be like, hey, you had a great career, but, but this is it. Yeah, I mean, obviously his production dropped a whole bunch. And so, and all those receivers you just mentioned on the Cardinals, they don't really need them either. I mean, that's, that sounds like a pretty good group of pass catchers uh, on its own without them. Uh, but I just also don't see him going to some receive, wide receiver needy team uh, and, and, and grinding out a season 
where they're not going to have a good record and they're just grabbing him because they need the bodies uh, to, to catch footballs. I, I don't think he's going to do that to himself either. So uh, it might be – you might be right on the fact that he doesn't land on the on the Cardinals again, but maybe he'll find, uh, like, I, like I said, a, a, a Super Bowl contender to maybe get on there and, you know, he, he fills in here and there and he's not in the starting lineup, but he's a good rotational receiver uh, for one last season. I think if we see him anywhere, it will be in Arizona. I don't think he's the kind of guy that would leave. You know, he, he's built up a reputation there, the community, and everything that he does for, for Arizona. I wouldn't see him leaving, but the thing is, are the Cardinals – even a contender at this point. You have to figure where they're at in the division. You have Seattle, you have LA, you have San Francisco. All three of those teams can be talked about as playoff caliber teams. The Cardinals had what? One big win against Buffalo last year, thanks to that Hail Murray. But after that, it was loss, 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 loss. They ended up going eight and eight. So if Fitzgerald comes back and plays this year with the Cardinals, is it really going to be to fight for a Super Bowl? No, they're, they're a team on the rise. I think that they're headed in the right direction uh, for sure, but I, but I don't think that they're a contender uh, this, this upcoming season. No, I think they're a few seasons off. Uh, if they make the right moves, they could definitely be a, a very good team in the future. Uh, they have the right pieces in place right now, and they're I, like I said, I think they're headed in the right direction, but no, they're definitely not contending for a Super Bowl next season, so that's definitely out of the cards for him if he does come back to play for them. I, I think it would just be to just do one last go around and, and to call it a career. You mentioned a few seasons off there, Mike. I want to take you to the AFC East. Sonny, Florida, Miami, quarterback. Okay, I'm going to be real with all the listeners and, and with you here, Mike. Buffalo Bills Twitter can be a toxic place. And we both know it. We follow it religiously, I'm guessing. And I see the hatred all the time. And don't get me wrong. The, the, the Bills fans deserve to, to be confident right now in where they are and, you know, with the team. But I see a lot of Tua bashing. And he is a young quarterback. What are your thoughts on him? Because I saw, I saw something, I think it was yesterday, that said, this will be the last year Tua ever starts in the NFL. I think it's way too early to tell whether that's the last this is the last time he starts. That's a very bold prediction, in my opinion. I mean, they they drafted him uh, to be that number one guy, and the only it, sound, it sounds like a hot take, doesn't it, Mike? Uh, a hot take on icy mics. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just don't see that being – that's impossible. No, they, they're at least going to give him three seasons, uh, to, if not more, to, to try to, you know, gather himself and, and get uh, – and establish himself as, as their franchise quarterback. I think that he will take a, a step forward, at least, from last season. I don't think he's going to be uh, elite, uh, but I think that they'll, they'll, we'll see improvement from him. Uh, from his first year to the second season in the NFL. I, I am worried about the Dolphins as, as it gets, uh, as those seasons come on. If his progression does get uh, almost like as good as Josh Allen's or even somewhere near it, uh, that's, that'll be another dangerous team in the same division as the Bills. So uh, I don't think that's a very good take. I don't think that is. Those will be the last season he starts, no. 
I mean, I think the AFC East and the NFC East are probably the weakest quarterback-wise, minus, of course, Josh Allen at the top of the AFC East. If Tua plays well, he could be the second-best quarterback in the AFC East. Let's be real. I mean, Cam is not what he used to be, and we don't know about Zach Wilson yet. You can only assume that he's going to struggle. Now, the Jets did a good job of surrounding him with – I think they surrounded him with C-plus weapons, not B-plus, not A-plus. They're okay, but you're not going to see anything immaculate from from Zach Wilson this year. And and there's a hot take for you, a little bit of one, you know, maybe not if you're – if you're really down on the Jets, but I think, you know, maybe this is where they really turn it around. They haven't been relevant in a long time. Well, and then also with, with Zach Wilson, I mean, it's almost the same thing. I mean, when, when the Bills took Josh Allen uh, in the seventh, uh, as the seventh pick overall, I, I mean, the Bills were fun to watch at that point, but they went six and ten. So, I mean, I'm not expecting much from the Jets. I'm expecting them to be better. Uh, than they were last season but again I'm not expecting them I'm not expecting that to show in the wins column uh, for a few more seasons only because you gotta now they have a a whole new organization uh, as a you know new head coach a whole new offense basically and then that's going to take a few seasons to build Uh, so I mean they you know they might win six games and that's an improvement from from one season ago so you know good for them. Here's a fact you may not have known that I figured out the other day. The Bills and the Jets have the exact same number of wins over the last decade. I did not know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You You would think that Buffalo would have the edge, but they really don't. All right, let's stick in the AFC East, Mike. We we touched on the schedule a little bit, but I want to go more into it now. So we went the first four weeks. Now it gets into tough territory. We got Bills and Chiefs, October 10th, Arrowhead. What's your prediction here? I think the Bills pull off an upset. Oh, really? Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because we are kidding ourselves if, and, and they're kidding themselves if they don't think about that AFC's championship title game uh, all the time. And I bet you every player is thinking about what they could have done differently. And now there's a blueprint out there of how to beat the Chiefs. And I think there's a whole different game plan that the Bills go into that game with. And I think this time around, it's a different game. And, and the Bills are uh, well, way more prepared for what the Chiefs do. And, and I think that they, they can pull it out. I'm going to disagree with you here. I think think this is going to be the first loss of the season for the Bills. And the reason is you mentioned the blueprint for beating the Chiefs, right? Which is rush Patrick Mahomes. Not only rush Patrick Mahomes, hit Patrick Mahomes, sack Patrick Mahomes. What did we talk about just a few episodes ago? We don't have a finisher. We have guys who can apply pressure, but not guys who can finish the quarterback off, take him down to the ground. This is very early on in the season. I don't think the pass rushers, depending on who's playing, I don't know if it's going to be Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, Gregory Rousseau, Boogie Basham. We have no idea who's going to be getting starting reps at this point. I don't think they're going to be up for the challenge at this point. You take me to the AFC Championship game where it's Bills and Chiefs again, I'll take the Bills there. 
But here, I think Buffalo is going to catch their first L. But the next week is no cakewalk, man. It's Tennessee, October 18th in Tennessee. Now, I think if Buffalo beats Kansas City, they're going to be riding high. But Tennessee's a tough one. I think they're going to lose one of these. I don't know which one. I already predicted that they're going to lose to Kansas City. So I'm going to have to give them the win here against Tennessee. Give me your thoughts. Tennessee tends to have our number, honestly, because uh, because of Derrick Henry. I just don't think that the Bills' defense is built to to go up against a bruiser like like Derrick Henry. He run like that the last time uh, last season when when he played the Bills, he ran all over. Uh, and they, there was there it just got to the point where I think the defense got tired of tackling him, and he just you know they held him pretty good in the in the first, like in the beginning of the game, but then after a while. Uh, he just started to do what he does. And uh, obviously there's that famous stiff arm of Josh Norman uh, going flying. And uh, yeah, I, I think again, uh, the Bills will probably lose to the Titans only because they just don't have an answer for Derrick Henry. And I don't think they went and got one. So. The cool thing about that though, is we know Buffalo struggles against tight ends, covering tight ends. Now, not every team struggles covering tight ends. But every team struggles tackling Derrick Henry. It's not just the Bills that can't do it. So at least there's that to, to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, I, exactly. Like, it's not like, it's not like that's the only team that, yeah, it's not like the, the Bills are the only ones that struggle against them. It's, that is just the way Tennessee plays, and, and, and Derrick Henry is a, is a workhorse, man. And so uh, he I, yeah, the only way the only way the Bills win that game is if they slow him down that they're able to slow him down and reduce his production, then, then maybe, I mean, but I, I don't know. Uh, that, that one's a, that one's a tricky one to decide because of what we saw last season. Uh, it's, I think it's a little bit easier to correct uh, what to do against the chiefs than it is to correct uh, proper tackling or, or just being able to tackle uh, someone like Derrick Henry. That's not, it's not just something that you can game plan for. That's, that's like, just having the personnel that's able to bring him down. Uh, they'll have to do a lot of gang tackles and, and more than one person on him uh, when he gets the ball so that he's not breaking free and, and taking off for big chunks of yards. Well, next up, we got a good one, Mike. It's a Halloween game. It's in Orchard Park. It's a divisional game. It's the Miami Dolphins. Now, I think I'm going to dress up as Adam Sandler for this day, you know, be Big Daddy, because that's what Josh Allen is to the Miami Dolphins. He is Big Daddy, and the Bills are going to crush the Miami Dolphins in this game. Oh, I think so, especially if they lose both games to the Chiefs and the Titans, they're going to be mad. They're going to be angry, <laughs> and then the poor Dolphins are going to feel the wrath of that. So uh, they, they don't win either way, because then if the Bills happen to pull out wins against uh, the Chiefs and Titans and then roll into a home game against the Dolphins, they'll be riding high. And then that's going to be just another bad formula for the Dolphins. So I think no matter what, it's, it's a blowout that, uh, in that Halloween game. Buffalo always does pretty well against Miami, especially when it's a home game. They struggle a little bit on the road. Even last year, you know, it was Diggs' debut. We pulled out the win, but it was a lot closer than it should have been if you, if you look at the scorecard. And the last game that we're going to look at today, Mike, we're not going to spend much time on it. It's uh, Jacksonville. I'm taking the Bills over the Jaguars. Yeah, that's a win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be cool to see Trevor Lawrence, but I hope, I hope he gets sacked seven times, you know? Yeah, 
Amen. <laughs> we have some more legal issues around the NFL, and when don't we? Uh, Frank Clark, defensive end, Kansas City. So he was found with a weapon earlier on in the offseason, and now another weapon, felony possession of an assault weapon, and, you know, I don't know. I'm just sick of seeing all these things. So the charge is from March where Clark and another man were detained by California Highway Patrol after two loaded firearms were discovered in a bag in the backseat of their vehicle. Um, he's got court July 14th. You know the NFL with this kind of stuff, they can't take immediate action because there's investigations that need to go into this. What do you think? Do you think losing Frank, if the Chiefs are to lose Frank Clark for any time, do you think it affects them at all? Maybe a little bit. I mean, not not uh, to the point where they'll they'll lose that many football games over it. I mean, he I had think. six six sacks last year. Uh, you he's know, productive. he you know he's probably one of their better defensive linemen, uh, especially at rushing the passer. Uh, but I I don't think that it's going to decide whether they win or lose football games uh, if they have to lose them for a, a short period of time, whether it's four games, six games, whatever. Uh, the, the the Chiefs' offense really is what carries that team, anyways. I mean, they're so high powered that they just put up enough points that the defense only has to play decent uh, to win football games. So uh, that's what they rely on. And so, it, it, but it, to the other point, I mean, I'm sick of seeing it. I, honestly, I just don't get what goes through some of the players' minds or, or, or why they think that uh, they, they have to do this kind of stuff because you have such a, you have such a, a, a gift that, out there right now being able like being first of all being gifted enough to play in the NFL but then not only that like you've made it this far why why squander it with with these kind of decisions I just don't I I don't know how you feel about it uh, I don't like but that's my take on it they just think they're above the law and sometimes they're from a bad area they have a bad group of friends and they they get caught in the wrong crowd but you can't look past that you can't be like oh you know, it's not his fault. This is completely their fault. And, like, there's a worse one out there. Barkevious Mingo of the Atlanta Falcons. Now, he's been on a bunch of teams, but he has been charged with sexual contact with a child. Now, there's no details on it for obvious reasons. The Falcons came out with a statement saying, you know, they take the allegations very seriously. Mingo and Clark are both okay, but neither of them are amazing NFL, you know, standout players. They're, you know, they're a second away from being released. When you do this kind of thing, you're gone. Look at the Seattle Seahawks cornerback from last year that snuck a woman in his hotel room during, you know, when they weren't supposed to have anybody over. Released the next day. This could be another situation where you're throwing away your future just to be an idiot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and then with that, with that other one there, that that last charge there. I mean, if they, obviously if that comes true or that that, that investigation uh, turns out to be uh, correct, then he, you know he's gone. He's he's going to have jail time. So, I mean, that's that's it for him. But uh, with Clark, I just think uh, that some of it is like you know, uh, just then it's like it's either if you're going to keep this guy on your team, you have to start uh, putting him around people that. You almost have to the, the organization's almost going to have to step in and start putting that that player around people that 
that uh, are a better influence, you know, and uh, and start trying to step in and maybe uh, put them on the right path because you, you keep getting, you keep doing this, no team is going to want you. Uh, not just the Chiefs, uh, you know, if the Chiefs let them go, it's for, the, they have their reasons at this point. And then, you know, you keep doing stupid stuff. You, you, no team is going to want you at, at some point. And then now you, and the, those paychecks are gone. It's just, it's just heartbreaking sometimes to see something that you, you know, have like a religious fandom towards and, and you're such a fan, you throw your money, your time and all this stuff at the league just to see these players make these stupid decisions. But Mike, I want to move on to some happier things. Okay. Um, Pro Bowl. So there, there was recently an article on NFL.com um, guessing who can make the Pro Bowl their first Pro Bowl with their teams this year. Now I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to take the one that I want. And then I'm going to tell you what NFL.com was. So for the Buffalo Bills, who I think can make their first Pro Bowl this year and who definitely should have made one before, Jordan Poyer. There's no reason that he should never have been a Pro Bowler. He has the stats. He does not have the name value to make that because it's just it's a popularity contest nowadays. It's not about always what you do on the field. And I think Jordan Boyer has been snubbed for years. Yeah, and I don't understand, man. I really don't get why he's not popular. How is he not a popular player? Uh, I, think, I think it might be because of his wife. I, I always see controversial things with, with Rachel Bush. No, I have no feelings against it. That's his wife. She supports him. That's fine. That's all I, all I care about is what he does on the football field and that he keeps his nose clean off of it. And that's what he does. And he produces very well. Yeah, and he even quit drinking. I mean, he 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 cares about the things that he does and 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 how he's perceived. So, so I think that uh, he he has a good head on his shoulders. So, as far as like a a, a person off the field, he he not only is a good player on the field, but he's trying to be a good person. So, I I let's I just yeah, maybe you're right with his wife, but again, I still like I, to this day, I'm like yo, Hyde Hyde is uh, Hyde's pop, popular with with the league. How is how is Jordan Poyer his his partner in crime on the on the football field? Now? I think Micah Micah was just a bigger name coming in from Green Bay and like people people were just a little more hyped because when they came into Buffalo, Micah was coming off of I think it was five seasons with the Packers, never yeah. never great but good and on a winning team so he was seen all the time. Jordan Poyer was coming off of a neck injury in Cleveland. He was a seventh round pick. People, people weren't as high on him, you know what I mean? So I understand it. But now, sometimes Poyer plays better than Hyde. Like, let's be real. They're a great duo. Yeah, they're a great duo, and they play different. They play different football. I, I like how – I like because Hyde's got a little bit more of, like, some finesse. I, I think he's got really good ball skills, and, uh, and you know, he happens to uh, find his way around the ball a lot. And Poyer is just – Tough man. Uh, he's good. he's a good coverage guy, but and yes, he makes turnovers happen too. But he is much more of a of a uh, he's a hitter, and he he plays uh, very fast and tough. I, I liked seeing that the Bills sent him on blitzes last year because uh, he he got he got in there a few times for for a sack, and uh, he he comes in there flying. Going back to Micah, he just has that luck factor. The ball yeah. just flutters into his hands sometimes. And I'm just happy that he can catch. Because that happened yeah. a lot in Buffalo back in the day. Bakari Rambo in the Aaron Williams days. 
No, uh, no offense to them. I love both of those players. Aaron Williams, one of my favorite Bills of all time. But sometimes they just couldn't hold on to the football when it was in their hands. And you'd be like, oh, no, that could have been it. But, but these yeah. guys, they're ball hawks, man. Oh, they can catch, yeah. NFL.com uh, voted that Deion Dawkins was the one that they decided was going to make his first Pro Bowl. I think that that's a good vote. I mean, he, he's been, been a very solid left tackle. Luckily for the Bills, they have a, a pretty good pass-blocking offensive line for Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's actually a really good. I think that's a really good take. Honestly, that's not a, that's not a hot take at all. I think that yeah, Deion Dawkins definitely could could definitely make the, play, uh, the Pro Bowl uh, for the first time next season. I, I actually agree with him for once. <laughs> yeah, it's not often we agree with the other media. They don't. They still don't give the Bills the credit they deserve. And I'm yeah. I'm firmly and I understand. You know, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, and maybe sometimes that leads to bias. But I do think that the Bills do not get enough coverage. And I've always been about that. Guys, it's why I'm going to school. It's why I'm going to school to be a broadcaster. I want to represent the 716 and make sure that Buffalo is just brought up, man. Why? I understand the Jets being talked about because they're in that area. But they suck. (laughs) Let's be real. Yeah, I mean, for being honest, uh, and then so with the with the Bills, well, the only thing I will say is that uh, what is exciting is to see them being talked about on Good Morning Football a lot. Uh, the Good Morning Football crew on the NFL Network they do like uh, they do like themselves some Bills. Uh, they do bring they do bring them up. They talk about them uh, and they say a lot of good things. I that's that's one show on on the NFL Network that I that Buffalo gets some love from, but. Uh, but yeah, I hear you from on a, on a national standpoint. It's funny you talk to some other fans around the league, and they they still don't even realize that the Bills are good. They you like you start talking to them, you're like, you're like what? how do you not know that, that the Bills are good yet? Like, I mean, they, they they've had they've been in the national spotlight at this point and proven it, and still there's there's other there's fans from other teams that uh, haven't even noticed yet. Hey, if they don't know. They're going to learn today. And by today, I mean this season. This is the year, man. We used to say that all the time, too. Oh, this is our year. This is our year. But now it actually uh, is legit. I I actually believe in what I'm saying. So Just one before I die. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. All right, guys, that's all the time we have on Icy Mics today. Be sure to check out next week. We're talking Saints and Packers on the quarterback situation. What's going to change? Uh, as always, I'm Dan Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at the real Dan Kelly. Mike, hit him with your Twitter. Yep. Uh, yeah, talk football anytime, guys. My Twitter is Mike Shimberski at M-I-K-O-L-2-5-3-1. This is Icy Mike's where the takes are stone cold for the built-in Buffalo Network. Have a great day, everybody.